All right, you know what time it is. It is time for me to review some more cards. Hey, this is Tim, everybody, and I got some Stella going on here for Arkham Horror, the card game. So this is the last one. And we're going to go through all the player cards. Um, just a quick view of what I think, um, how they are. So without further ado, let's uh, look at Stella. Now, she's pretty relatively new, I mean, from the Arkham file uh, list of investigators. So, um, I don't think she's in anything else. So, this is a completely new character. And I'm kind of hoping that there'll be more new characters. Because I kind of dig the, the pulpy mythos of, of what FFG has got. But, Stella Clark, she is a letter carrier. She uh, has three willpower, two intelligence, three strength, and four agility. Uh, eight health, eight sanity. She is chosen, and she's doing her civic, which is keyworded here, duty to deliver the mail. She has a react action. After you fail at skill test, you may take an additional action during your turn this round. Limit once per round. Without going any farther, that is off the chain because you know you're going to fail a skill check somewhere down the line. So I love freebies. Freebies. I know it's like not really like, you know, like a straight up Leo DeLuca kind of, you know, you just get a free one. It's still situational. But you know what, though? Realistically, in this game, you are going to fail skill tests. I mean, it's just inevitable. And I think you're going to use her ability more often. And it's only limited once per round. Her Elder Sign effect is plus one. You may instead choose to automatically fail this skill test to heal a damage in a whore. So got a little healing ability on both sides if you choose to fail it anyways if you expect to not make that test anyways i mean that's pretty good because you still get another turn out of the deal assuming you didn't use it already and you get a little healing action out of it all right kind of cool um just like with all the other ones um her build it's just straight up you know of that color and that's it so it's all survivor cards nothing else from 0 to 5, no splash, nothing like that, and uh, any of the neutral cards from 0 to 5. Her deck rebuilding requirements has to have three copies of Neither Rain Nor Snow, one copy of Call by the Misk, and a random weakness. So, I've listened to Mythos Busters, and I'm going to have to agree here as well. Neither Rain Nor Snow is, like, makes Stella amazing. You get three copies of this card. It's her signature card. It's innate. It's developed. It's a skill card. Gives you three wild pips. Uh, it's only for her and for her alone. And if her skill test fails, cancel all the effects of the failed test. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I Three of them. Three of them. And you get to cancel. That's just insane. Which is just awesome. I have yet to play with her yet. But man, it that's... I. I would have to agree with Mythos Busters. This is like the MVP <laughs> of any of the cards here for any signature, you know, uh, card for any investigator. It's just off the chain and you get three. But as with anything, there is a downside and it's her weakness. It's called by the miss. It's a weakness space. It's cursed. And the revelations uh, put called by the miss into play into your threat area. After you initiate... A skill test with a difficulty of four or higher, take a damage. You have to spend two actions to discard it. Um, it's not bad. I mean, it's not like a crushing weakness, and she can get around this. And on top of that, too, she can still spend her two first actions 
do a third action, potentially fail that one and get another turn out of it. So um, it, it's not crushing by any means. Um, all right, but you get a new basic weakness to go with your weakness pool. And I'm probably going to butcher this name. Etichiophobia? It's madness. Uh, you put this into play in your threat area after you fail a skill test. Take one whore. You have to spend two actions to get rid of a Ataki. Ataki? phobia, Which is, I guess, it's a. You have a phobia on writing out words? Or. I'm going to have to look that up. I don't know what the phobia is. Maybe it's the fear of writing those words out. Or how it's fonted. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's got like a little Mary had a little lamb thing going on. It's being all crossed out and rewritten. Bigger fonts and lower fonts and broken pencils and shattered dreams. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go through here. I know we have Scrapper, but I'm going to review this anyways. It's a two-cost asset. Uh, I believe Scrapper is... This is the downgraded version. So... You can pitch this for strength and an agility. It's talent-based, and you can spend a resource to get either plus one strength or spend a resource to get plus one agility, and you can double up on them. So um, I have no complaints with this. Um, I probably have never used Scrapper at all. I just didn't feel like it was needed for Survivor, but, you know, common time there might be a chance I'll have to use it. 18 Derringer. It's a three-cost asset. You can pitch this for a plus-one strength. It is item, it is weapon, it is firearmed, and an illicit traded. Uh, takes one hand slot. It has two ammo on there. You can spend an ammo as an action and fight. And you get plus-two strength and deal plus-one damage for this attack. If you fail, put the ammo on 18 Derringer. All right, so for this one, the only drawback I see is just the two ammo. But you know what, though? It's the two ammo that always will hit at some point. I mean, it's not going to be a wasted bullet. I mean, even if you miss, you get to put it right back on there. So it's just two shots. I mean, it's my only knock on this. But it's two shots that you should be able to hit home and do at least four points of damage on something or some things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. And it, I honestly, I think it's well needed because survivors always get, like, some of the greatest weapons. I'm talking, like, baseball bat, old hunting ri rifle, I, well, I, I do like thematically and how they all go um, because it, it is cool how they uh, how they operate. But man, you just need a little more stability, and I think eighteen Derringer does do that. Grimm's Fairy Tales two cost asset. It does take a hand slide, slot. You can pitch this for a plus one willpower. It's item based. It's tome based. Uh, it has four secrets on here. And as a react, after an investigator at your location fails the skill test by two or more, exhaust the fairy tale, spend a secret, and heal one whore from that investigator. So it's just Grimm's awful little fables. <laughs> giving you whore, a healing whore. So that's <laughs> what it is. I, uh, it, it, I, I guess it's okay. Um... Now, there are other cards out there, and if you are playing with Stella, and you do need to have some of that horror uh, soaking action on here. I mean, you know what, though? Stella, man, it's 8-8, eight eight, so she's no slouch on that. I don't know if this is, like, a mandatory, you know, card that you want to throw in the deck anyways. So, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, I think it's all right. Old Keyring. 
It's a one-cost asset. You can pitch it for plus one intelligence. Uh, it takes a hand slot. Item and tool base. It has two keys on there. If there are no keys on old key ring, discard it. Investigate. Your location gets minus two shroud for this inve investigation. If you succeed, remove one key ring from the old key ring. So this feels like it's like flashlight. That's what it feels like. The only bit is it's like for the investigation. So I like the cost. It's only one. Um... And if you play it on the first, well, not necessarily the first turn, but if it's like your first action and you remove the key, I mean, it's there. So, I mean, I guess it's good because you're going to get that benefit, whereas the flashlight, you only get that one particular investigate for that action. This is for the entire um, turn that you're actually investigating on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, it's definitely cheaper than a flashlight. So, I dig it. I like it. Oh, got Gollum looking at me right here. It's Granny Orange. She's one tough old bird. Uh, Four-cost asset. She's an ally. Does take an ally slot. You can pitch her for uh, plus one willpower. It's an ally. Uh, she's got the nice little static, bunk of, uh, static bump of plus one willpower. And as an action, when an investigator at your location would fail a still skill test, exhaust her, and that investigator fails by either one less or one more so she's kind of situational on how she's going around doing things um whether you need to pass it or you need to fail it so um honestly i think you're just paying for that but you know what this is just early on and i have not played with stella yet um i like the static point man for four is expensive for what she does but don't worry there's an upgraded version of her there's a level three version of Granny Orn. So differences here. Cost you three XP to put it in. Um, still everything is before. Oh, I forgot to mention that she has one health and three sanity. Uh, but for the upgraded version, you can throw her out for plus one willpower and plus one intelligence. She does give you plus one um, uh, intelligence along with the plus one willpower. It's a static bump. And then when the investigator at your location would fail a skill test, exhaust Granny Orn. And that investigator gets plus one skill value or minus one skill value for the test. Yeah, I would rather play with her this way than the other one. Because I, I, I do see uh, getting two for the price for the four for the static bumps is awesome. But then you get to either reduce that skill or bump that skill depending on how things work out for you. I think this is a little bit better off, you know. But yeah. Upgraded Granny is way better than the, the original Granny. The Mysterious Raven. So one cost asset. Does take an ally slot. Its ally is creature-based. Um, no uh, no health. I mean, I guess the Raven just doesn't have, decide to have health. And it gets plus one. Uh, or not plus one, but uh, only one sanity. And as a fast action, discard Mysterious Raven and take one horn. Discover it will include your location. Okay. I get it. That's not bad. I mean, if you really need that clue, and it's, I would think probably late game, you, and it's required, uh, it's not bad. I mean, for the price of what it is, I mean, I think it's okay. I think it's just weird. It's like an ally with no health bump. I figured this would be a one-on-one. -on -one. It's a living thing, but uh, apparently this mysterious raven is very mysterious and decides does not need have to have health. Oh, Larry. Ah, grit your teeth. It's a one-cost event. You can throw this out for a wild. 
Uh, spirit traded. Fast. I love anything that's fast. What does this thing do? Fast. After you fail a skill test, you get plus one for each of your skill tests from the remainder of this round. Oof. Yeah, I would definitely play with this. With Definitely with Stella. That's awesome. That's pretty sweet. Especially if you get this off on the first turn and you know you're going to fail. This is just bonuses down the line. You might want to do something stupid and like trying to investigate something you know you're going to fail just so you can get this other stuff out. All right, that's cool. I like it. Test of will. Um, there's two versions of this. So we're going to go with the no XP version. It's a one-cost event. And I know we have test of will somewhere else. So I just don't have my book handy with me. Uh, one-cost event. You can pitch this out for plus one willpower. A spirit trade it. It is also another fast card. Play when an investigator at your location draws a non-weakness treachery card. Test willpower three. If you succeed, cancel that revelations effect. Anything that you can really just give it to the uh, encounter deck is awesome. Uh, but with Stella, where was she at? Sitting at a three? Was she at three? Um, let me take a look here real quick. Oh no, what did I do with her? What did I do with her card? It's here somewhere. Where'd you, oh, there you are. Yeah, so it's a three. Um, if you can get the pump-ups, you know, neither rain or snow would be awesome to, to get that, you know, but I don't know if that'd be worth it. You really, I think you're looking for it's the static bumps, like your Granny Orns, uh, Peter Sylvester, good old Johnny Football um, can help out with that one, so you'll definitely win it. Three, three is nothing to sneeze at, don't get me wrong, but man, that's just an even-up thing, so um, yeah, but I like it. All right, so the 2 XP version reduces the cost. So it's a zero-cost event. It's fast. Same thing as before. If you draw an, if an investigator at your location draws a non-weakness treachery card, cancel that card's revelation effect, and then test willpower 3. If you fail, exile it. I kind of like this one better because if it's going to cancel it flat out. I mean, that's just a free pass during a Mythos turn for that investigator. Um, and if you, and if you test it, it goes still in your deck. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of digging this one a little bit better because it saves you on a resource and, uh, um, you don't have to worry about, you know, making a will check to see if it does cancel. It just flats out cancel. You just got to make the test afterwards to see if you exile it. The only thing that sucks at exiling is you got to rebuy it, but, uh, it's not uncommon for survivors. I mean, survivors are always getting that kind of stuff anyways. They have, they have the most of the, all the exile cards. So I tend to play with that one more, a little bit better. So I like that one. Will to Survive. It is a four-cost event. You can throw it out. It's four plus one strength, plus one agility. Uh, it's fast. Ooh, all these fast cards. I'm getting fast cards. Love them. All right. Uh, fast. Play... Only during your turn. Do not reveal chaos tokens for the next skill test you perform this turn. Expensive. Ugh. This thing is expensive. For four. Um, I don't think it's going to fit for every survivor. Um, I think it's going to be situational. And I understand why they threw this in here for Stella. Um, but ugh, it's the price. The price is throwing me off for four. It's expensive for what it does. But chances are... If you don't have to draw that chaos token, that's probably going to be a win in your book. So, uh, it's definitely a late game card if you're playing in a scenario. I mean, you're, obviously, you're not going to play it early on. You know, this is like either your 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 butt's on fire, and you need to get out of harm's way, or you really need to make that critical test to end the game. But any other time other than that, yeah. Uh, 
I wonder if there's an upgraded version of this card. It feels like there should be an upgraded version for this card. Oh, there's not. Okay. All right. This poor janitor is just clean. I don't know if he's cleaning up the muck or just fending something off with this poor mop dripping blood. Ooze. Something. Oi. Oh, it's one of my favorite cards. I always love cherished keepsake. Good old Mr. Potterson. He has an upgraded card. It's a 1 XP card. Uh, you can pitch it for plus 1 willpower. It's item and charm based. It does take the accessory slot. It's forced. When cherished keepsake is defeated by horror, exile it. But it can soak up 4. So the 0 XP version of it was only 2. This one's 4. And you know what, though? This is not an end-all, be-all, you know, for the cherished keepsake. Um... There's ways around getting this. So if, I would definitely play with this Tommy Maldoon. Um, well, I take that back. Because if Tommy Maldoon actually has like uh, this item defeated, it has to be exiled first. So I wouldn't play with Tommy Maldoon. But there is ways of <clears throat> getting stuff off. you know. And I think a special ability does do that, where you can move damage around and stuff like that. So that that's one way of doing it. I think it's Elder Sign Effect does do that. Um but there, there is ways around this one. So, and and I love this card. This card is, has some of the has the best flavor text of any card game that I've ever played. <laughs> Look it up; it's pretty sweet. <laughs> All right, leather coat, leather coat. I know we have a leather coat in the past. This is an upgraded version. One XP, zero cost asset. Does take up the body slot. Item and armor traded. You could throw it out for a plus one strength on a check. Uh, it does the same thing like. Uh, um, the cherished keepsake, except it's four health, and then when it's defeated by damage, exile it. So, again, I'm thinking of Tommy. Nothing flashy there. Both of them, you know, very good in their own right. Alright, we do have an upgraded 18 Derringer that I just talked about a little bit earlier. So, this is a 2 XP version for a 2 cost. Does take up a hand slot, item, weapon, fire up, and illicit. This one has 3 ammo. You can throw this out for a plus 1 strength, plus 1 agility, as an action, spend an ammo, fight. You get plus two in strength and deal one damage for the plus one damage for this attack. If you fail, place one demo on the 18 Derringer. And the next time you trigger this ability this round, you get an additional plus one for that attack. So if you miss the first shot early on in your turn, you get a second shot. And it's now at a plus three. It's not bad. Um I don't know if this is a mandatory uh, upgrade. I mean you are getting an additional ammo. Um it really depends on what the character you're going to provide. I mean, it's not in the slap chat, but you know what, though? For, for this one here, I'd rather have where you draw a tentacle and make it a critical, you know, uh, not a critical, but make it an elder, you know, elder sign uh, test. What's that? You catastrophe. So, yeah, I mean, that one costs two, and I would throw this in before this. But I, I think this one would be, if you have really nothing to spend on XP-wise... Yeah, you already have 18 Derringer in your deck, so that'll be a good solid upgrade. Look what I found. Alright, so this was a core set card, and now this is an upgraded card. Look what I found is a 2 XP, 2 cost event. And you can pitch it for plus 2 intelligence or uh, plus 2 intelligence and plus 1 agility. It is fortune traded, it is fast. Play after you fail a skill test by 3 or less while investigating. Discover two total clues from amongst your location and connecting locations. All right, I do like this card better um, because chances are you're probably going to fail skill test anyways, and it's probably going to be by just that much. 
But the, where it really shines is is if you have one of those big scenarios where it's sprawling out, I'm sure you'll have in a connecting location that you can just snap and grab something else. And it's two total clues. So you can grab two from the connecting location or one in one uh, or just two in, in your current location. So uh, I dig it. And I have messed around with look what I found. Usually it's with uh, uh, the grave digger, you know, William York. Dumb luck. Two cost events for two XPs. You can throw it out for plus one willpower, plus two agility. It's fortune traded. It's another fast card. And after you fail a skill test by three or less during an evasion attempt against a non-elite enemy, place an enemy at the bottom of the encounter deck. Oh, I really would like to love this card. But man, when they put the non-elite in there, it just it makes me sad. It makes me super sad. Because chances are, when I would need to play this, it would have to be an elite enemy. <laughs> I I want to love this card. I do. Because if you bury it at the bottom of an encounter deck, that's just one last enemy you have to deal with. But man. Uh, it's killing me. The, the non-elite, is the, the that whole step, is just, it makes me sad. All right. Unexpected Courage. And this one is dedicated to the survivors. So the neutral version was just the two wild pips, and you can only commit one, pat, one max per skill test. That's it. I mean, nothing crazy. But if you spend two XPs here, it adds this. Still the same thing as before, but if this test fails, you get to return it to your hand. So it's not wasted. This is probably the best one out of all the other upgraded ones, like Manual, De manual Dexterity, Perception, uh... What was it? Overpower. I mean, this one is probably the best one of the bunch. And it's a sign of survivors, which I get. And it totally makes sense. But yeah, I dig it. Go little halfling. I mean, hobbit. I mean, kid fighting a dinosaur. <laughs> Lucky. It's a zero cost event. We've had Lucky in the past. This one's a 3 XP uh, version of it. Fortune, fast. Play when an investigator at your location would fail a skill test. They get plus three to their skill value for that test, and then investigator draws a card. I like this one. Plus three is nothing to sneeze at, so it's pretty sweet, and it can shift it over. And on top of that, too, you get to draw a card for it. It's a little pricey for the three XP version of it, um, but at least you get the card comped out of it, assuming you don't draw a weakness, but... Yeah, I, I, I like it. Uh, I, I, I tend to use Lucky in the past, and, and surprised not a lot of other decks use Lucky before, but I, I tend to use that, especially in multiplayer games. I do love Lucky because I can help out others with it. You know, this is my own personal favorite, and I went to look and see if I can actually do it, and I, I just realized at this point in time, you can't. And I'm talking about Chainsaw. I love chainsaws. I love Evil Dead too. Just to have a sawed-off shotgun, which we do have in Rogues, and then there's a chainsaw here. I'm like looking around if a rogue or a survivor can actually get both of these cards, and I can have my own personal version of Ash. I can't. It's not there yet. I think the sawed-off shotgun is either three or four XPs, and yeah, there's no splash action like that. So... Maybe, hopefully, one day. Even then, you're going to have to figure ways around it because 
This chainsaw requires both hands. So let me read the card. It's a 4 XP, 4 cost asset. You can throw it out for plus 3 strength. That's pretty uh, sweet. You need to make that toss. Item, tool, weapon, melee. It has 3 supplies on it. I'm assuming probably gas supply. And then spend an action. Spend a supply. Fight. You get plus two strength and deal plus two damage for this attack. If this attack fails, either place one supply in the chainsaw or deal one damage to the attacked enemy. This has choices. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Is it practical? No. Probably not. I. This is, again, this is me being biased and being a fanboy and everything else. I dig it. You know, and on top of that, too, when I saw a little bit of a spoiler, a spoiler of this card, I actually did Wikipedia chainsaw and it's like wait a minute this game is set in the 1920s when was chainsaws relevant in the 1920s it wasn't made and invented in the 1920s yes it has i looked it out i guess the early prototypes of this stuff was like in the cusp of 1920 i think it was like 1919 but it came in full swing like in the mid 1920s because at first i almost thought this card jumped a shark i'm like mm, wait a minute now but no uh, it, it, it chainsaws were a thing in the 20s. I did not realize it. I, I wouldn't think it would be readily available. Like, you can go to your Home Depot. I didn't think they have a Home Depot. It's like, hey, I need a chainsaw. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Dig it. Dig it. I don't think it's worth it for everyone. This is, Again, this is just me being a fanboy. I absolutely love chainsaw. All right. Two more cards. Quick Learner. Now, I think I talked about this card a little bit of a spoilerage of um, one of FFG's uh, news tidbits. And this one has like a demented chessboard artwork. And, well, I'll just get through it again. This is a 4 XP asset. It's a condition. It's permanent traded, so it's coming out right at the beginning. During or before your first actions of each of your turns, each skill test you perform gets plus one difficulty. And then during or after the third action of each of your turns... Each skill test you perform gets minus one difficulty. So I thought about this one, and this one, this is great, early ripping on. And if you know you're not doing anything on your last turn, you're going to get all the benefits. And the cool part about this card is it's permanent, so you don't have to worry about it. It's not going to change your deck size. It's out there immediately to play for you. You just got to rely on the fact that if you got to make a third action or make a test of something, you're just going to get popped with the minus one difficulty. And honestly, that might not be a bad thing for Stella. Um... Because if she fails on that third action, she can go to her fourth action and not worry about that minus one difficulty. So all you're really doing is just trading up, you know, an even up on your third and first. And then you're just giving yourself a, a little bit of a perk on your first action. So uh, this one, this card initially when I ran, ran into it, I, it, it confused the hell out of me. Because I had no idea what this card was, was really going after. But nah, it kind of makes sense. Deja vu, and we got the 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 poor cat here. Now this time with green eyes instead of red. Um, five XP cost asset. This is also permanent. It's talented. It's cursed. Between the two scenarios of a campaign, reduce the cost, the experience cost to repurchase up to three cards that you exiled during the last scenario by one each. Okay, so if you had exile, what was that, Mister Potterson? That's free to come back. Leather coats, free to come back. Um, and then even if you're buying Flare, and I think that's 3 XP, then it would cost you 2. So I think it's a cool way of uh, those exile cards to come back and put back near your deck. I mean, 
Uh, you really got to make it your worth your while, though, in order to see. I, I would think, if, in order for you to see any cost back on this, you got to revive six cards back. So if that's like your niche after you get your exile cards, you better have this at like maybe the first third of your campaign. I wouldn't buy this late on because you're just not going to see the gains on it. So if you're going to go that route, this is definitely an early, an earlier card to buy once you have a couple of uh, XP cards that you know you're going to get bang for your buck. And it's weird, too, because usually when you're thinking about this stuff, it's usually resources or um, how it goes down. This one here, is it, I'm, I'm thinking on the, the value of your XPs. So you, you want to hit six cards you're going to return back. That way you actually made a positive gain on it. So it's not bad. It's not great. I think this one's just dependent on, on whether or not you're withering you choose to put exile cards in your decks. So, uh, yeah, and that in a half an hour will do it for Stella Clark. I got through all five. All five is done and in the books. So a couple things to note. And um, let's see. First thing first. I know Lord of the Rings just had a 10-year anniversary, and it bombed. They just put out, like, an achievement list for Lord of the Rings, the card game, and people were hoping maybe for a second edition or maybe some reprints, on because any of this stuff right now, especially in the pandemic days, it's uh, kind of hard to get a hold of, the, of that stuff lately because people are still playing from home, not really talking to anybody, and they're just trying to get that niche of actually playing games. And... I guess, you know, I'm like looking on Facebook that you know, people were very, very disappointed and they gave like this little singers like this is not saying goodbye. But you know what, though? I really think it is saying goodbye. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Lord of the Rings, the card game is an awesome game and I will continue to review it and I will go back to it because I have not got through all of my stuff yet with it. And it's just one of those things. Um, but I thought it was kind of punkish that FFG kind of led that. And saying they're going to celebrate it. They, they put it on their homepage. They made a big, huge splash in, in, you know, production on it. And people were really kind of hoping, you know, invested, you know, this amount of money and resources and time and love for this card game. Just to have uh, an achievement list with eight things on it. So, which almost like any other card game that they have has an achievement list. I mean, Arkham has got it in their return two boxes. Uh, Marvel Champions has an achievement list as well. Um, I kind of disappointed that, you know, the LOTR fans didn't get more. They really should have gotten more, but they didn't. And, and just a lead at the very end says, this is not saying goodbye. Well, I think it kind of is, unless you're really going to try to revamp the entire game. Which brings me to another point. So we're starting to see some more of the revamping. FFG is not putting a lot of stuff out right now. Um, heck, the, the revamped version at Elder Sign for X-Men Mutant Insurrection was like kind of panned on. I mean, the, the, like the components were cheap. Uh, it, it, it felt too random, and which is kind of surprising because I already thought Elder Sign was just a good old random dice chugger anyways. So we're seeing a lot more reskins, and I'm really hoping that's not what FFG is really trying to do. Um, but uh, it just makes you question it, especially what they did with the LOTR fans and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't think Arkham's going to be gone any, by any means because I think that, that this game's probably got about another three to four years lifespan going on to it easily. 
because they don't have to pay any property rights. You know, I'm sure they've got to pay something for Lord of the Rings, and I'm sure they're paying something for Marvel. And same thing with Star Wars. So, but at least with Arkham, it's a public, you know, property license. I mean, anybody can use it, and you just, you know, use HP Lovecraft's works, and boom, you know, put it in there. So I'm really hoping that. They're... I, I do, you know, I was a big, big FFG fanboy. I mean, I felt like they could do no wrong. And ever since the acquisition with Asthma Day, um, you, you can see where it was 10 slip. And I'm not trying to bash on FFG, but, you know, what they did to the LRTR fans um, with uh, product difficulties, uh, not a lot of news and excitement out there. Heck, they just finally got rid of uh, L5R. Which is kind of weird, too, because then they have another big box that'll finally allow solo play. Why would you cancel that game out unless you lost your license? Um, because right now, solo gaming is where it's at right now. I mean, given the state of, of COVID and everything else like that. And you put it at the end? Um, I'm going to take a look at it. I don't own anything for L5R. Uh, it did pique my interest when they have solo play, but I have a feeling if I did buy that that solo play deluxe box and then get three cores out of it, would I get any value? And on top of that too, no one no one really knows what the solo value of it is going to be. I don't know how any good... It, the articles didn't really show anything out of it. Um, I, I just hope it wasn't like tacked on and pasted and then just finally coming to an end. But you know what, though? Uh, I'll try solo games. And, and to that end, too, they, they just announced with Keyforge. Uh, Keyforge is getting it called Keyforge Adventures that you do have solo uh, uh, challenges. So you'll play with a deck and you'll have to play like an encompassing boss, like a Kraken or something like that, and then move on with that. So, which I thought was something sorely needed anyways, because I'm sitting there and I own about, maybe about 24 of those decks and stuff like that. But the only time I get to play it, it was maybe with my son and it doesn't happen very often. And I do like the gameplay and I do like uh, uh, what they do with this game. Uh, but it's kind of refreshing to see having the solo play, fighting against a Kraken and stuff like that to see, is your random deck completely worth it? I think this is something they should have had earlier, uh, quite honestly. But, um, I mean, to, to that end, that, that's refreshing uh, to see. I don't know if it's a little too little too late because they're already having drawbacks and issues with, uh, um, you know, with the Evergreen boat, you know, being lodged up in the, uh, the, the, the canal, the Suez Canal, and... Uh, I don't know if it's too little, too late. I know it's I know it's very popular in Asia. So, I mean, I guess they're doing something right here. I don't know about the U.S., maybe because with the, the shortages and the stoppage of product and stuff like that. I don't know if that might have hurt the game. Uh, I'm not trying to give it like an XFL approach where, you know, uh, you know and I have a love for football, and I think that's what doomed them. I'm hoping COVID doesn't do them like they did with the XFL. But this is just me thinking out of the box and i'm hoping ffg can rebound from this or asthma day or whatever they are now um but i'm, I'm really hoping that there will be you know uh, a resurgence considering we're getting at the tail end of this whole thing so again this is me talking out of my rear end it could be complete nonsense it could be completely something completely different but we'll see and to that end I will close Stella in my ranting and raving on FFG and COVID and everything else. And we will go on to another chapter. So thanks for listening, guys. If you got any questions, comments, tips, meanderings, 
bitchfest. You can get a hold of me at arkhamskids at gmail.com. All right. I will talk to you guys and gals later.